You may be familiar with a hymn written for a silent night. What you may not know is the story of what happened on Christmas Eve in 1914, when British Lieutenant Charles Brewer found himself knee-deep in a rainy, muddy trench as a soldier in northern France during World War I. During a quiet moment there on the Western Front, Brewer slowly raised his head out of his foxhole to see what appeared to be several makeshift Christmas trees lining the German front in the distance. As the surprise of that visual took hold of him, something even more amazing began to take place. As he gazed across the battlefield, he heard the familiar strains of the tune, Silent Night. Though the lyrics were being sung in German, the tune was unmistakable. When the song finished, instead of returning fire, the English soldiers responded in song. The next morning, Christmas Day, up and down the 500-mile western front, soldiers from both sides climbed out of their foxholes and into what was referred to as no man's land. An area littered with the casualties of war turned into an impromptu meeting ground. Soldiers converged, exchanged well wishes, cigarettes, and snacks. In some accounts, they even enjoyed friendly games of soccer. This is what has become known as the Christmas Armistice of World War I. Though political leaders had ignored calls for a Christmas truce, soldiers in the trenches took it upon themselves to enact one. This story is a reminder that the love of God trumps all political, ethnic, gender, socioeconomic, and even national divides. The hope of Jesus is the hope that one day all wars will cease, all things will be redeemed, and everything will be made new. And the whole world will know what it is, that all is calm and all is bright. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. You know, there's so much about this time of year that makes it special. Could be the decorations, the traditions, the gift exchanges, time with family or friends. I'm not sure what are the things that make the top of your list, but one of the things at the top of mine is the music the songs and sounds of this season. They have deeply meaningful words and they draw me back to memories of Christmas and days gone by. There's something about music that has the ability to communicate and speak directly to our soul. And I hope that you have a favorite Christmas song or two with maybe some specific lyrics that lift you, encourage you, maybe even remind you of your journey of relationship with God. I hope that's the case because music has the ability to transcend and move us in our circumstances. And it makes the season bright. One of the most nostalgic songs at Christmas is the song Silent Night. And as we just heard, it was an integral part of creating a literal peace in the midst of war, in the midst of, of conflict. And I think that even today, the song can bring comfort in pain hope in crisis, joy in sorrow, and, and maybe even peace with ourselves. I want to invite you to just consider the lyrics of this song. They're, they're incredibly simple, but just consider the first few words of the song. Silent night, 
holy night. All is calm and all is what? Bright. Yeah, good job. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. These are actually really simple words, but they have deep meaning for us. This song is actually one of the songs that we consistently use at Christmas Eve during our candle lighting moments. It, there's deep meaning in these words, but they're, they're simple. And I find within the lyrics of this song, attention. Attention between these words and the realities of that first Christmas. See, I don't know how much of that first Christmas was silent, calm, or peaceful. I think it, was, it felt more like a party night, especially when the angels show up to the shepherds and they start singing and declaring that Jesus had come. That's like a flash mob moment. And then, the, and then the shepherds take off, they go see Jesus, and then they're running everywhere they can to tell everybody who will listen. It, that doesn't sound to me to be silent, calm, or peaceful. And just consider the dynamic within the manger. I mean, you have the animals in that space, making their own noise, doing their own things, and, and then you have this birth experience. It's a, is it a silent birth? <laughs> listen, listen, my wife Beth and I have two kids. I was there for both those birth experiences. There was not much that was silent, calm, or peaceful, <laughs> especially for mom. I, f- I find attention in the lyrics and the realities of that first Christmas. But I also find attention in the lyrics and perhaps the realities of this Christmas. Because for some of us, we don't have a sense of silence today. We have a sense of sorrow, sadness. Maybe because we're grieving the loss of a loved one who isn't here to celebrate with us this year. Maybe it's in some trouble or trials you're facing and having to go through. Maybe you find yourself in a space even today that you wish you weren't in. You're trying to figure some way out. I, I find attention in the lyrics of this song with the potential realities of Christmas today. Yet that tension isn't so much a tension that pushes apart, but rather pulls together. It's a tension that seems to bridge what is and what can be. That bridges that first Christmas and this Christmas. It almost seems to bridge the realities for us of what is and can be for for you and I. You see, Jesus, the, the one we celebrate at this time, was identified as the Prince of Peace that we could have peace that passes understanding as we guard our hearts and mind in him. The Prince of Peace. So he brings literal peace into all kinds of dynamics, overt conflicts, relationship drama, family drama, worry, stress, any crisis moment, he can bring a literal peace. And And the literal peace that showed up in World War I on the battlefield is a reflection of that. But... But I don't know if you know this or not, Silent Night is not the only song that led to a literal peace in war. There's another song, and it's O Holy Night. World War I and the Franco-Prussian War. Two different songs, two different truces, two different wars. Same Prince of Peace. Now, I shared recently that, that my favorite Christmas song is O Holy Night. There's, there's just something about that song that checks all the blocks for me. The imagery, the lyrics. We just listened to it, a beautiful version 
a few moments ago. I want to go back to the first stanza of O Holy Night and, and just consider the words for a moment. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. For long awakes a new and glorious morn. There is great imagery in those lyrics. But I have to tell you, every time I, I sing it, every time I read the words, there's one line that just jumps off the page, grabs my heart, and, and consumes my thoughts. And it's the line, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Till, till he came that first Christmas and we began to understand our full value. I think that is why Christmas is so special. I think that's why you and I even can feel different at this time of year. Because we're reminded of our worth in the reality of a God who came to save. That the King of kings and Lord of lords came to rescue that which was most precious to him. That he valued us, you and me. It's an incredible reality. But I think it might be helpful to to be able to grab that reality a little tighter, to lean in deeper, if, if I introduced you to Holly, let me just introduce you to her. This, this is her, Holly. She is a long-haired tabby cat. And the picture you see is, is actually of her at her first Christmas when she was a Christmas present from me to my mom. Now, let me just show you the picture of the two of them together. Oh yeah, beautiful. And Holly's not too bad herself. But that picture captures the, the moment and the reality of when Holly began to live in the lap of luxury as a princess in my mom's house. But Holly's journey wasn't always marked with comfort and joy. In fact, when we intersected with her, she was, she was living in a minivan, actually under a minivan. In fact, Beth, my wife, had parked her van at church over a weekend, and, and when we'd gone in on Monday to work the next day, she had gone back out to leave to go to another appointment, and she noticed Holly and her brother sitting in the wheel well. Immediately, she could see they were cold and tired and hungry, scared, and so she tried to, to approach them, but they went under the car and up into the engine compartment. And she tried several times to coax them out and, and take care of it, but she couldn't, so she came inside, told me what was going on, and I looked at her and said, well, just go ahead and drive. It'll be okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. I thought it, but I didn't do that. No, I went with her back out to the van, and sure enough, there they were, clearly scared, cold, hungry. But every time we approached, they went up underneath and into the engine compartment, hissing, clawing, growling at us. And it, but, but we needed to move the car. We needed to drive it. And, and so we began to brainstorm all, all the, I mean, all the options, and some of them I'm not proud about. But we did agree that the right course of action was rescue. So I actually gave the keys to my car to Beth, and she went to her appointment, and I had the responsibility of resolving this issue with the cats in her van. And so I actually went through a process. I, first, I tried to coax them out with kindness. That didn't work. Then I actually tried to trick them in a couple of different ways, but, but that didn't work either. Then I resorted to trying to scare them out by with, the, with the horn and the panic button on the van. 
That didn't work. It just drove them deeper and further into the, to the engine compartment. And if you have ever tried to extract a terrified cat from behind an engine block, you know it's near impossible. I don't care what level of cuteness is there. Those things are brutal. <laughs> near impossible. It actually took me finding some cheese and, and placing it on the engine block and slightly leaving the hood ajar and then hiding behind the corner of the building and waiting and then with lightning speed and reflexes, run over, throw up the hood, and be able to reach in and grab one of them. And it worked. It ended up being Holly's brother. And so then I just reset everything, went back and waited, went back out and reached in and grabbed and got Holly. And I was able to rescue them both. But here's the thing. Each time when I reached in to pull them out, both of them were just clinging for dear life, screaming bloody murder, hanging on to that cold, dirty engine block at the expense of being rescued. <laughs> but I was able to get them out. And I uh, found them both homes, uh, Holly with my mom and, and her brother with a friend of mine. And I had the scratches and bite marks on my hands to prove it. Now, it's been a while since that rescue. And I actually want to show you a picture of Holly and I that I think reflects the nature of our journey and gives you a sense of what that's been like. So here's the picture I want to show you. Oh, wait, that, that is not the right picture. That, we need, there's a different, you know, though, that actually, that picture probably does give a sense of the essence of our journey, the whole thing that we've been on, but there is a different picture. I think there's another shot that we can show. Okay, yeah, there it is. That's, that's Holly and I. That's, that's us this Christmas. And, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's helpful to consider Holly's journey today. Because she was in need of rescue, yet she resisted. And I think we can too. Maybe not hissing and growling and screaming bloody murder, but in holding on instead of letting go. Holding on to the past, holding on to regrets instead of letting go. Refusing to go where God wants us to go, or even running from doing what God wants us to do, or trying to avoid Him altogether. And then we end up in spaces in this life be behind the engine blocks of the world, hiding in spaces we don't belong, in spaces that are not good for us, longing for something else. It's really th that space of where we sit in our sin and error pining. Yet it's in that space of brokenness that Jesus sees value in us. That he loves us, and he pursues us, and he rescues us. And that's when our soul begins to feel its worth. And that's where a night becomes holy. Oh, holy night. You know, someone once said that when a great king seeks to rescue his beloved, we all know she is precious to him, and we see his greatness. That's the reality of Christmas, my friends. That in this dynamic of rescue, we recognize our value and we see his greatness. We see him and then understand ourselves. That, that's the nature of what we celebrate. When we begin to understand that God loved us enough to do that, to come for us, to fight for us, even to fight with us a little bit if need be. That's when the soul begins to feel its worth.
So I wonder if you would permit me to invite you to consider a question today. Do you know your value in light of his greatness? Do you know your value in light of his greatness? And not just know, but feel your value. What would it take for you to answer that in the affirmative? See, when we're willing to let him reach in and rescue us, we're willing to to let go and allow him to lift us out of a space and to clean us up and set us in some space new, we begin to sense our worth. We may not understand what he's doing in the moment. It may feel scary and we may want to cling to this thing that we think is going to be right and good. But when we're willing to trust and lean into our value, then we begin to feel our worth. And Christmas reminds us of that reality. In fact, in the Bible, there's a book of the Bible named Isaiah, and within it, the prophet declares some things that are relevant to Christmas. He says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. He's talking about Jesus. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. My friends, the, the world can be a very difficult and dark place. There is pain, there is loss, there are disappointments and there are setbacks, but we rise in the name of Jesus. In his power we overcome when we're willing to let him rescue us. Darkness can be transformed into light. That's the reality of Christmas. That's the space and of the, the dawn of a redeeming. It's the space of rescue. It's the space where we know our worth, where rescue is made. And in a way, that's kind of the experience that Holly had her first Christmas. Moving out of darkness into light. Moving from dire situation into joyful situation. Uh, moving in a space where, into a new home and a great peace. But I have to tell you, Jesus offers far more than anything Holly has ever received. And I don't, I don't really know how much Holly remembers her first Christmas, her rescue. One thing I do know about Holly, she loves Christmas. It makes tons of sense to me because that was when she first began to feel her worth, her value. And so can we. See, when, when Holly finally found a new home and found a place of peace and she found that in the arms of my mom, she found that on my mom's lap, she no longer felt the need to hide in fear. She had been rescued. And, and if a kitten can feel that at Christmas, how much more can you and I? As a people who have been rescued from sin by one who was Lord at his birth. How much more do you know your value in light of his greatness? You know, to be honest, a lot's changed since that first Christmas with Holly. She has become a, a, a well-adjusted house cat. <laughs> My mom lost her battle with cancer. Holly became part of our family. And I know, I don't really know if she ever really saw me as her rescuer. 
I think she saw me showing up and appearing beside the van that day as someone who threatened her freedom. Or maybe was there more out of my own interest than in her interests. And for quite some time after our first encounter, she looked at me questionably. And she questioned my motives whenever she saw me. But over time, she warmed up. And again, I think it's helpful to consider her journey in perspective. Because I think sometimes in our pain, in our disappointments, in our loss, we can look at God in our limited perspective. And we can choose to hide in places we don't belong. Clinging to things that we shouldn't cling to, that aren't really good for us. Rather than allowing rescue. Rather than allowing him to reach in and, and pull us to what can be. We can chase comfort and security and safety in the wrong spaces, lesser places, even resist the very thing we actually need. But the moment we quiet our soul in the reality of his coming, that new day dawning, that quiet our soul in his rescue, in the reality that he is Lord at his birth, everything begins to change. We even look at pain and disappointment and difficulty differently. We, we stop looking for our identity in lesser things. And even the mistakes of our journey can be washed away. And then there's something that takes place in that moment that shifts in our head and heart. And we begin to know and understand our full value and worth. And we no longer feel the need to hide in fear because hope and peace and joy and love have found us. We've been rescued. And it's actually in that space that the noise of this world is replaced with silence. And the clutter and the craziness of this life replaced with calm. As we find our peace in the one who is the Prince of Peace. The one who gives peace that passes understanding. The one who was born that first Christmas. One who was Lord at his birth. My prayer for you this Christmas is that you would know and feel your full worth. That you would allow him and his greatness to define you. Not what you hold to and not what you have been hiding behind, but you would know your greatness in light of the shadow of his. That you would know your value in the shadow of his greatness. And that things of this world would be silenced in the shadow of his greatness and you would find peace. If you are feeling even now like, man, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to know my value. I want to feel my full worth. I want that rescue. Then I want to encourage you to just have a conversation with God today right where you're at. Conversation in a form of a prayer. A, a prayer just like this one. In a moment, I'm actually going to pray this prayer out loud. But if you're ready for rescue, you're ready to, to feel the value and worth of your soul, then I encourage you right where you are to pray silently along with me as I pray this aloud. The words are simple, but they're significant. And it's the space that we step into rescue. So I invite you to pray along with me as I read aloud. You can pray silently. Dear Jesus, I know that I am in need of rescue. And there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I confess my need for you and your forgiveness. I recognize that you were Lord at your birth. And I choose to acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior today. Help me to know my worth, the worth I have in you, as I live my life for you. Amen. 
if you took that moment to pray this prayer, you are already sensing a greater understanding and, and feeling the worth of your soul. You've stepped into rescue and I celebrate it. And I want to celebrate it even at a greater level. And I'd love to know if you did. In fact, somewhere nearby, maybe in a seat back in front of you or somewhere close, you'll find a card that says connect card or any piece of paper. I don't care what it's on. I would, I would love for you to write down your name, best way to contact you, and to declare, I prayed that prayer. I found rescue. I stepped into the value and worth of my soul today. And I'd love for you to drop that in a receptacle that's going to pass by a little bit later in our service. I, I, I want to celebrate with you. I want to send you a note. We want to position you to have a Bible if you don't have one so you can continue to walk into the fullness of knowing your value, a value that leads to a place of peace from the one who was Lord at his birth. It's a wonderful thing. I celebrate if you did. Let us know if you have. But even if you didn't, I, we're going to leave this prayer up for a few more moments. And I want you to know you can still pray. You can still invite rescue. You can still step into knowing your full value today just in the conversation with God. And as you continue to reflect on that, we're going to continue to reflect and remember what we celebrate. We're actually going to sing Silent Night here in a moment as we go through a candle lighting process. This is just one of the things we do at Christmas Eve. We, we do candle lighting, and we do it alongside Silent Night as a song. It's connected to the candles that we've been walking through in this Advent season of hope and joy and peace and, and love. And from those, we light the fifth and final candle, which is the Christ candle. It's, it's the candle that recognizes that the light has come into the darkness, that a new day has dawned. It's Jesus, the one who is the Prince of Peace, the one who came to rescue us. So we light the Christ candle, and in a moment across our network, we're going to light other candles and allow it to spread through our worship spaces. And in a moment, I encourage you to use that to celebrate, to use that to to maybe reconcile in your relationship with God, to let go of some things you've held to, or to lay hold of the reality that you have value and worth because he made you. But I'm going to pray in a moment, and then our ushers around our spaces are going to help us pass this light. And I encourage you, as we sing, to continue to lean fully into knowing your worth this Christmas. Let your soul feel it in light of his greatness. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for being willing to come. I thank you for being willing to see value in us, to pursue us, and rescue us. I pray that we would step fully into that and fully into our value. And if anyone's still processing what that looks like, even now I pray you'd speak to them, that they would hear you and know your love and, and be willing to let go and lean in to the peace that you offer this Christmas. But we acknowledge that you are the light that chases away darkness. You are the new dawning, and we celebrate today what that means even as we sing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.